Welcome to another episode of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Pack, spiritual medium, author, and joy advocate, guiding you into all things life transformational. And this is the Unmuted Voices series of the podcast. And I am so happy to have with me Kelly Mizkowski. Did I say that right? You did. I always have to stop and think when I say your name, Ms. Kowski. So, um, and she is the owner of Inner Light Transformational Coaching and Sacral Cranial Sacral Therapy. Oh my goodness, that's a mouthful. And it I has so fewer happy. consonants than my Skowski does, though, so it's a little easier. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much. And I'm so sorry for taking a while to pronounce all that. But I am so happy to have you here on Unmuted Voices because we're talking about especially women who have had their voices muted maybe for years, maybe for most of their life, and they have... Um, something has awakened within them and a freedom has come and they are now using their voice and unmuting their voice uh, to produce good in the world and to bring good impactful influence in the world. And um, Kelly is one of those and has a beautiful story. So um, let's just get right started and, and just ask, when did you realize it wasn't safe maybe to use your voice or how you use it? Um, because I know your story is a little bit different. You you had a little more freedom, a little more progressive kind of background, but still things weren't quite right for you. You weren't um, seeing maybe the truth being lived the way it was spoken or what was that? What was your story? Well, first of all, thank you, Marianne, for this opportunity. It's a, it's a joy to be here. So um, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, for me, I I don't know that there's an answer to when I first realized it, mm -hmm. because as a kid, I did have a lot of freedom to be me. But it was one of those situations where I, I call it kind of um, insidious, for lack of a better word, because it was so subtle that I didn't recognize it for what it was necessarily, where I just didn't fit in. Oh, yeah. Um, I was never actually told that children were meant to be seen and not heard, but I was inherently shy. And I think that was, was conditioned in because I didn't feel like I fit in. So I held myself mm -hmm. back and then grew up in that environment where, especially when we were visiting someone else, where I would sit still or sit, I didn't run around and I wasn't a boisterous kid. So there was kind of a programming happening there. And to me, your, your voice isn't just literally speaking your mind and, and being who you are, but it's also what am I here to express in the world in terms of my life purpose. And I was literally told that I could do or be anything that I wanted if I put my mind to it. Mm. But I was never really shown how to do that. It wasn't really yeah. modeled. There was a lot of tradition around me. And it was tradition in the cultural sense, the social sense, the economic sense, more so than I know you had a, a religious 
background is part of your story. And that wasn't the case for me, Um, but it happened in those other ways that it was very subtle. And then later on in my adult life, as I began to experience some physical limitations and discomforts that weren't explained in any traditional sense of allopathic medicine and with some other traditional interventions, such as rearranging my workplace and whatnot, as I went through my process, I began to realize that I was coming into, you know, an awakening and a, a kind of a rebirth of who I am and presenting that to the world in a new way. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how all of our stories are so different, but yet there still a, comes a time when there has to be that reawakening. It's like we come in so purely and then it gets all piled on. Our true self, our true voice gets piled on all these different beliefs and indoctrinations. And even like you said, even if they're subtle, they're not really said, but they're also not exhibited. Um, right. The, there's a message, you know, you can be do or have, but yet there was no example. Right. The, the no. actions and the the message didn't necessarily support each other or right. align. Um, right. I, I can't say that I was told that I shouldn't be something that I was or that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. like happens to some people. Or, you know, this is based on, you know, certain demographic aspects, gender or, or race or anything like that. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had that freedom, but still it it was different for me. And what was happening inside me is that I was living with the idea that a purpose is something that's reserved for the chosen few. Um, And people that typically make headlines and are revered and recognized and have a huge following and maybe are winning awards or, or whatever and doing big work in the world. And the idea of having a purpose was attractive to me, but there was an inner voice saying, no, that's not you, because I was never shown that it was in a different way. So as I awakened to the fact in the realization that we all have a purpose in the scheme, the bigger scheme of things and in the world and in the universe, just like all of the cells in our body have a purpose. And then I allowed life to kind of take me um, because fighting it wasn't working anymore. And naturally I was propelled along the course to bring me into living my purpose. And, you know, part of what was happening is being around people that were helping me. I began to admire their ability to make such a profound difference in someone's life to really take them from a place of difficulty or struggle or confusion or overwhelm or feeling lost or uncertain about who they are, what they are, into a place of greater clarity and well-being. And while that's really awesome, but again, that's not me. So I don't know where that that's not me idea came from. That was part of my inner dialogue, definitely. and then I realized, well, why isn't it? Why, why can't it be? And so fortunately, a lot of this emerged within me versus being 
you know, in the presence of someone who was coaching me through it so that I was able to get myself down the path to a new place. But I know not everybody can do that. And it would have been easier had I had the support. So I'm grateful that I, I am able to support others that desire it and feel we're a match and, and be there for them in a way that I didn't have someone there for me. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. It's just, it's like, I think it took me so much longer. And even our last guest talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make it take so long. Seek help. Um, you know, mine was several years ago and, and life coaching and coaching and things like that. Trauma coaching just wasn't around. Um, so, you know, but it is available now. And that's why I'm such a big proponent on um, people getting coaching. And that's why I love highlighting coaches and um, transformational workers and light workers, because you don't have to take as long as we did. Um, So what were, you hit on some of the indoctrinated kind of beliefs, whether they were subtle or, you know, you actually, but there were indoctrinated beliefs that you had that did hold you back. Was there anything else you want to say about that, that, um, that, you know, taught you that you had to kind of mute your voice, no matter how you expressed it, whether it was, you know, we, we, it's not just a matter of physical voice. It's how we live our life. That's an expression of our voice, our truth. So um, was there anything else? I think for me, part of the the tradition that I was raised in is that, you know, you go through school and then you go to college and then you get a job and you become independent and fulfill your financial obligations and make choices in life. And people, you know, typically grow up and find a partner and create a family, whatever that looks like for them and have a home and, and whatnot. And, there it just i had to do things a little bit differently i think um i did want to go to college but i didn't know what i wanted to do in college i didn't know what i wanted to study and part of it in in retrospect was because what i was the the path that i was on really didn't exist at that time what i was to become the the coach and transformational guide that i am did not exist at that time Mm -hmm. so I knew to choose what felt the the like the rightest fit for me. It wasn't necessarily the easiest, but it was what I felt I could live with and support myself in in staying on my path. And I know I run across people all the time who haven't had that or they haven't been able to do that that were much more directed by someone else that may have been well-intentioned, but again, it, it wasn't really right for that person. Um, so it, it kind of manifested in me that way. There, there was one other thing that I wanted to mention when you and I were talking before we went on the air here about um, from a human design standpoint, and there are certain people who are designed to listen to that part of their gut that is correct for them to listen to in decision-making and that they'll hear uh-huh or uh-uh. They'll literally hear that. And very young children will often give that as their response to a yes, no question. 
And then they're told to use their words, like don't grunt. And that's a way that our own innate guidance gets conditioned out because we have the standard that we're expected to live up to. Or someone wants to hug us and we don't feel comfortable with that contact. That's not necessarily a judgment against that person or meaning that they really are a threat, but that child is perhaps told, be polite, be friendly, give them a hug. And, and those kinds of things happen with good intentions in mind, but that's some of the ways that we learn our instincts aren't what we're supposed to be following. And that gets us down the path of being potentially unhappy, unfulfilled, unhealthy, striving, struggling, and attempting to prove which isn't correct for us. And it creates a lot of misalignment in our lives and, and energy around us that we're bringing forward that's just not the healthiest for us, the situation we're in, the people that we're with. And again, I, I don't feel there were any mistakes in my life. Everything was for a reason. I don't have regrets. Right. But I also know we're at a point where humanity is changing, where there's we're coming into a, more of a balance between the masculine and feminine mm -hmm. and being asked also to balance between our intuition and our innate instinctive guidance for living our lives and the logical, rational brain of the shoulds and the musts and whatnot. Right. So, so part of what also happened to me is in learning to be in business, the way I was guided and coached was ways that actually are not correct for me to be doing business, only the coaches didn't know that. And I didn't realize that I knew on some level it wasn't feeling right. But this is where we can also have some trauma in the coaching world and conditioned trauma of, you know, me feeling like there's something wrong with me because my energy isn't behind it. I don't have the enthusiasm for it. I don't have um, the commitment to it. It's hard to follow through. And what was happening is I was caught in the momentum and the hype of those around me in the bright, shiny object of something that looked like for them it worked, it led to what I wanted, but wasn't correct for me. So that's another way this has happened in my life. And, and this is all kind of coming together at this point in time where it's like, yeah, here's another layer of it. This isn't a linear process. Mm -hmm. It's linear and short spurts. Like, okay, we're working on this right now and this is the path. And then we get to this point, it's like, eh, and it kind of opens up in a whole new way and we're back in it again. <laughs> Absolutely. It's definitely, uh, you know, peeling the layers back. Yeah. You know. So layer by layer. Yeah, exactly. So um, in having to kind of mute how you lived or, you know, the not feeling like you didn't belong, I can attest to that. Our previous guests also talked about that. So I think that's going to be a big issue with this, that, that we have those feelings of not belong or we don't fit in. Um, but how did having to squelch that part of your life, your voice, your expression, however you, how, how did it affect your life? Because I know so many times it affects our relationships or even our career choices or our finance or our health. For me, it was health. Um, really, or, or even your spirituality, 
what what did that affect to having to live that smaller uh like you said not having well i couldn't have a purpose you know great question and again i think a lot of it was subtle i was certainly growing up through school i was not part of the popular crowd i wasn't the latest fad i didn't have a big following and at times it was lonely not Mm -hmm. fitting in Uh, so it affected me in that way but yet it also was a good thing because the relationships i did have were were of the highest quality um, and that actually is part of how I'm designed to live in a human design standpoint, few relationships, it's, but it's quality that's important, not quantity. Yes, yes, yes. So there was that. And then ultimately, um, it's, it affected me physically because I wasn't listening to the subtle nuances of my innate instincts and intuition saying, yeah, you know, go for it. Yes, there's more. Yes, there is a way to do this. Um, yes, this is you. Yes, you have a purpose and you're meant to do more. And and again, I bl- do believe it was at the correct time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I began feeling a lack of control in my life because my outer circumstances were changing. And again, mm-hmm. I feel that there is something greater than us that has the whole picture and we don't always see that. So in the bigger plan, it was time for a shift, but because I wasn't comfortable saying, Hey, you know what? Goodbye. I'm done with this. I'm on to my next thing. And I know what it is. It had to come in a more indirect way. So there were changes in my workplace and and with my employer that were happening with reorganizations and then eventually a sale of the company and and in that i felt a loss of control and so i was attempting to control my life at times to feel better and that was resulting in tension in my body and one of the things i would do is use the computer and the mouse and i can point and click and choose and change and and control that way and it wasn't like it was addictive or pathological but that's what was happening i was tense okay i can control this i can hold on to it I can make this choice. And so I was having difficulty in my hand and some some discomfort that defied a diagnosis. And then also I was traveling a lot and it's hard to tell on camera, but I'm 5'2". So I don't fit in most cars really well. And I was yeah. driving long distances and getting sore from that. And what's going on? So when you're in your car, you're in control of the direction that you go and the pace you get there. You've got to look at the metaphors to really under, start to understand these things um, in, in the deeper level. So it was showing up in my body in a lot of different ways. And we were adjusting the car and we were adjusting my workspace and giving me a different mouse. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of it was happening because I was on the computer a lot at work. And um, it was showing up as, you know, this is something isn't right here. And eventually, the, the part of me that just persevered, that knew there was an answer out there somewhere and these other answers weren't fitting. You know, I was told, oh, you, you probably have fibromyalgia or, or lupus or something. And I was like, no, I don't have something I can't spell or pronounce. You're wrong. There's some other answer here. 
And literally, that's what was going on in my head. Like, well, then what is the answer? I don't know. But I, I eventually ended up in the hands of a craniosacral therapist. And the, the way I look at craniosacral therapy is it helps us relax to the point that the blueprint for us and our being is able to more fully come through and express without the limitations, without the beliefs and the indoctrination and the conditioning and all of those preconceived notions and, and voices in our heads that hold us from fully expressing, that hold us back and keep us playing small and being something we really aren't designed to be. And, and when we relax to a very deep point, the tension patterns, some, it's, it's very literally can be tension in the body and dysfunction can then begin to resolve and allow that fuller expression. And as, as I was beginning to feel better physically, I was beginning to perceive the world differently because the filters were relaxing and opening up and resolving. And then I, as I saw my world differently, I related to it differently. So there was less stress and it stressed in a, a, a broader sense than what we typically think about. Um, but it's still stress. So as I was relaxing and opening and allowing the flow of life, then nature took its course. And my first, the job that I was in when all of this started, the company was purchased by another company and my position was eliminated. I was hired into another job with similar work because I didn't know what to do with that time. And I knew that I wanted to be able to work with people in this way, but my logical brain said, I have to be able to pay for it. To pay for it, I have to be working. I have to have an income and then I'll learn that part time. And the universe was like, uh, uh, honey, you are just not getting it. So my next job was then eliminated. And I knew at that point that I was not going to continue in that profession. There was something else for me. But again, the logical brain is going, how the hell do I do this? Exactly. Because I got to have money. So I got to get another job. But where I live, the opportunities are few. We're not up for moving. Hubby was a dairy farmer, multiple generations. And mm -hmm. this is where we're going to be. And, you know, I was I knew I was staying with him. So how is this going to work? Right. And, and finally, when I said, I've just got to, I, I know I need to be a craniosacral therapist to help people grow personally and professionally. And the way that the easiest way for me to do that, I had to have a license to touch was to become a massage therapist. So go to massage school and my best friend, was my at that time she was my massage therapist and when i said i've got to find a way to go i guess i'm just going to have to go and forget trying to look for work and she looked at me and she was kind of like i forget her exact words but i wondered when the hell you were gonna like finally realize that <laughs> you know and so i went to school and then things flowed and the universe supported me in that and i got through school and i got to open my business and over the years, it's been a challenge for me because I don't have a traditional business. I'm not meant to work with a, a huge number of people. 
there are certain people that I am designed to work with that, that need to find me and, and we connect. And um, I don't have the energy to work the typical number of clients that most other people can work with mm -hmm. and to work a, a full work week. But also part of my process was to see something in a very unique way and then kind of synthesize something new that people aren't necessarily ready for and open to and to have a challenge in articulating that. So I'm coming out the other side of that now. The world is in a different place and it's more ready. And I've learned also to go easy on myself and not beat myself up and listen to all of the message coaches and the well-intended coaches and colleagues who say, people don't understand what you do. The ones that are meant to work with me will. Right. And I can refine my message from now to the day I die. And only the people that are meant to hear it are going to hear it. I have to be happy with how I'm expressing it. So that's another way that my voice was muted in essence because it was part of my process. Um, yeah. And that can happen to other people too. So I think I've answered your question. Oh, you <laughs> answered the next three questions. <laughs> this I, I is great. So. You, you just wrapped this in a beautiful package for us because I was going to ask about, you know, what was those aha moments or maybe it was a series of moments that kind of awoken that, that need to, you know, speak your voice and speak your truth. And, and then, you know, how you started shifting those beliefs, how you started seeing through the, the, the covering that was not allowing you to be who you were. So um, and go ahead. Did you well, I had a very profound, um, tangible experience with that one day, actually, oh, when I was, I was on the table receiving my craniosacral treatment at the therapist's office. And I, there were two practitioners and, you know, walls were what they were at the time and, um, were not we weren't in the soundproof space and the next client had come in and was in a very difficult place, very mm -hmm. difficult. Now at this point, I did not know that I, I had not acknowledged is I guess better wording that I w wanted to be a therapist. Okay. So I wasn't, I hadn't sh really shifted my focus to that path yet. And I could hear how distraught she was. And she's like, you know, I've tried everything and it's just nothing's getting better. And I've tried this and I've tried that and, you know, going down the list of medical approaches. Sure. And I was laying on the table and I just whispered, you're looking in the wrong place. And the therapist said, you say that, say that she needs to hear that. I'm like, I can't say that. I don't even know who she is. Like, I can't not hear her. I'm sorry. And I can't not hear her. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But she's like, no, she needs to hear that. You need to say it, say it. And it didn't feel right to me to yell that out. But I did say, with her permission, I will speak with her afterwards, if that's what she's open to. Right. And right. I did. Um, so that stuck out in my mind. And I think that was kind of pivotal. It's like, wait a minute. You know, I'm seeing things here in a way that other people can't. And that's part of my gift. And you can't see it for yourself. I'm able to help you connect the dots for yourself. If you don't actually connect them, it's not going to, 
you know, things aren't really going to shift. Somebody else can't do the work for you, but to make the space and help create the opportunities. So thank oh, you for the opportunity to share that. Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm just thrilled. <laughs> and so now, you know, in the place of our mess being our message, your message now to the world is? Oh, wow. My message to the world is that everyone has a purpose. Yeah. You would not be here if you didn't. It just might not be a purpose in the conventional sense in which it gets defined and the word gets used a lot mm -hmm. and perhaps overused. So you are serving in some capacity to create change, to make a difference, to support functioning and flow and life. It just might not be headline worthy. And that mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's any less. You might not be up for the next Nobel Prize, but that doesn't mean you're any less than. And oftentimes it gets associated with our titles and our hats and our roles. And that is not your purpose. Your purpose is with you regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the position that you hold or how you're spending your time or how you're earning a living. How we express that purpose is through our hats and titles and roles, but those are given to us at the time that it's most appropriate for us to express that in the world. And then we all have a vision of what we're creating or how we see ourselves and how we see the bigger picture. So each one of us has a vision, mission, and purpose to live out, just as any corporation does, as any business does. And I help people discover what that is for themselves. But what I also know through my experience is that intuition and our innate instincts are as complicated as the rest of our anatomy and our nervous system. They are vast. And for each one of us, it takes on its own, we, we have our, I guess it's better to say our own unique messaging system and guidance system built within us. And early on, as I mentioned previously, we're conditioned away from that without even realizing it and without the people that are doing it necessarily realizing it. And if we can reconnect to that, we can be healthier because we're not repressing what's naturally trying to express. So in that attempt to hold back, we're creating stress in our lives in a different way, perhaps, sometimes in the very traditional sense, but it can also be very subtle. If we can learn to listen to those subtle cues and give ourselves a chance to honor them in our own rate, way, and time, then we are more fully living our purpose. We are more fully expressing. And we are happier and healthier for it and, and making the contribution we're here to make. And for me, my purpose is to live my soul's intentions for this lifetime. 
Absolutely. And within that, there isn't, I'm a coach, I'm a healer, I'm a wife, I'm a friend, I'm a woman, I'm uh, nothing. That's my soul is here for a reason. And it knows that reason. And it's trying to fulfill that. And if I connect with that and allow that, how freeing is that? How empowering is that to know I don't have to make all the decisions. Something else is helping to show me the way and align with that. And and my choice is in aligning with that. And then there are decisions in how I'm spending my time and energy. But this guidance system isn't just for what am I going to do next? Who am I going to spend my time with? Is, am I going to eat now? Yes or no? And what am I going to eat? Am I going to drink now? Yes or no? What am I going to drink? Am I going to stay inside or am I going to go outside? Am I going to call my friend or am I not going to call my friend? Am I going to sort the mail or am I going to let it go later? All of the little mundane things that we do, dry the dishes or let them dry. Where is my joy next? And how can I connect with that? Because it really, you know, one of the analogies that's come to me recently is feeling somewhat like an, an evergreen tree. And we live in a part of the country where there is a seasonal change in the foliage that's very prominent and often revered. And the colors can be very brilliant in fall. But an evergreen tree doesn't go through that change. And people don't come running to see the evergreen trees and get the camera out. They're looking at the golds and the reds and the you know brilliant colors I, I can't even think of. Um, but they don't look at the evergreen tree. But the mm-hmm. evergreen tree doesn't sit there and go, damn. I should be learning to change color because obviously that is where it's all at. That is what people admire. That is what people love. That is what people pay to see. And I'm just sitting here green. But personally, I have found the evergreen trees to be even more brilliant at that time. They stand out sometimes in a way that I don't notice in the summertime. But people have a different level of cognitive functioning and thoughts and beliefs going on in their brain that allow them the ability to say, I'm not good enough. And this is how I should be. And obviously, this is what's valued. And, you know, how many times, and I don't know if this has happened to you, but in the process of creating a business, I've been told, well, you need to do research and figure out what people want. Well, I was given a gift and I have something to offer. And there is someone there that wants that. And I need to be the invitation for them to connect with that and resonate with that, those that are meant to. And that is how business should be working, not And there are people, all right, if you want to do research, go ahead. If you need to do research, go ahead. But that's not me. This is who I am, and this is what I offer. And I wouldn't be here if it didn't have value in the world. Our cells don't run around going, hey, I was put here to digest food, and this really sucks because the brain's getting all the attention. Mm. I should have been a brain cell. No, they digest food because that's what they were meant to do and when they don't do that you kind of suffer because you got indigestion 
Right. Right. You know? Yes. That's so <laughs> perfect. I want to thank you. We are almost to the end here. And I want to let everybody know you can find Kelly at let your lot inner, let your inner light shine.com. And it'll be in the show notes for you. And, um, I want to thank everybody for being with us today. And if you're catching the replay, I'm so happy that you've joined and that you're listening and that you are receiving benefit from this and finding hope for your own uh, ways of looking to unmute your voice. And um, if you are interested, my website is maryannpack.com. You can find services there. And if you're looking for books about joy, that's what we have started at wearejoybooks.com. You'll find uh, those in the upcoming books that are in the series. And I am so looking forward to sharing more joy about who you are, the joy that is, is, that is you, the joy embodied. You are joy in the flesh. So, um, Kelly, do you have any parting words of wisdom you would like to share with our audience before we close out? Be you. Find the support you need to do that. The world needs you now more than ever. That's why we're in crisis and that's what's going on. That's the shift that's happening. That's why people aren't going to work. They don't want to be treated the way they right. were. They don't want to do what they were doing. They want to be something different. They want to be who they're here to be. They may not realize that, but that's mm -hmm. it. instinct kicking in. And things are changing, but we're getting there. So the best thing that you can do is be the best version of you, unmuted, full on, living your full potential. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I can't agree more. So thank you so much, Kelly. Thank I appreciate you. you. Remember, everyone, you are joy looking for a way to express and unmute your voice and express your joy of who you are. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.